today we are starting a new series called Jesus Walks. You just saw the trailer for the new series. Between now and October 2nd, the first Sunday in October, we're going to be preaching on this series, Jesus Walks. And uh, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to start by reading a passage of Scripture. The basic concept of this whole series, I'm going to make it just real simple for you. Here's Here's the series in one sentence. We have emphasized the fact that your walk with Christ begins with a decision. But we haven't talked enough about what the actual walk looks like. Huh, yeah. What happens across the country is a lot of people make the decision and then go on with their lives as usual, yeah. expecting the decision just magically transforms you. Yeah. And then they say, well, I made that decision, I prayed that prayer, and nothing changed in my life. Yeah. Not understanding that the decision is to begin a walk. But all it is is a walk. It's not fix yourself up, clean yourself up, make yourself better, deal with your sin, and then come to God so that you're acceptable to Him. No, you begin the walk in your current condition. Nothing has to change to begin the walk. You can be laden down with all kinds of sins and problems and trials and tribulations. You begin the walk right there. Just as you are. The walk is what changes you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The walk is what changes us. And this series is, and by the way, uh, welcome to those of you who are at our San Francisco campus. I wish we could be there with you live. We love you so much. And those of you who are on our online campus, welcome to each and every yeah. one of you. We love you so much. We're talking to all of you. It's not, I, I don't want you to feel like you're just tuning in to what's happening yeah, in Emeryville. Because yeah, 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 yeah. this is for you as well. Yeah. And we're one body and we're one family. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, let's just jump into the scripture and let's see where the Lord takes us today. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm more like a jazz preacher than a classical preacher. So it is. Uh, Matthew chapter four, verse 18 and 19. This is what it says. As Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, yeah. he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Lord, I pray you give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand, and a will to respond. I prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee... He's just going for a walk. He didn't set out to have some great ministry crusade. He didn't set up a platform and a sound system beside the Sea of Galilee and put out pamphlets and flyers across Galilee. He didn't apply for a permit with the city. (laughs) He's just going for a walk. When Jesus goes for a walk, everything changes. He goes for a walk that day, and he comes home with a bunch of disciples. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Where'd, where'd you get, I mean, can you imagine going for a walk, and you get home, and you got a bunch of disciples with you? Where'd you find them? On my walk. Yeah. I knew if I just go for a walk, I'm going to run into some folks. I'm going to meet some folks. Yeah. He was just going for a walk. And matter of fact, everything Jesus did in his entire ministry from start to finish was just on a walk. 
He, did, he never planned an event. He never invited a crowd. Wow. He just went for walks. Wow. He never put out flyers, not a single Facebook or Instagram ad. <laughs> he just went for a walk. Yeah. His walks went viral. <laughs> when Jesus walked, the world took notice. Wow. He's walking. Is he walking? He's walking. He's walking. He's walking into the city, and the woman with the issue of blood presses through the crowd, yeah, yeah, touches yeah. the hem of his garment, and she's healed. What did Jesus yeah. do? He just went for a walk. Yeah, yeah. Jairus meets him and says, come touch my daughter so that she might live. And that daughter got up out of the bed and was whole. Why? Because Jesus went for a walk. Yeah. The whole city changed. Why? Because Jesus just walked through it. He decides to walk through Samaria. And the woman with the issue of blood come. I mean, I'm sorry, the woman at the well. Yeah. He sends the disciples away so he can talk to the woman at the well. It was just on a walk. And then the whole city comes out. And, oh, we're going to have a revival? Revival is on the walk. Wow. He walks into the city of Nain. And as he's walking into the city, death is walking out of the city. He meets a funeral procession on a walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees the woman crying. It says she was a widow, and now she lost her son. Jesus stops the funeral procession, touches the casket, and says, boy, get up. And the boy jumps up out of the casket, and Jesus continues his walk. Life is entering the city as death is exiting the city, and there's this encounter with death and life that happens every time Jesus goes for a walk. And guess what happens when the life of Jesus encounters death? Life overcomes death. Why? Because Jesus went for a walk. When Jesus went for a walk, the blind began to see. When Jesus went for a walk, deaf ears were unstopped. When Jesus went for a walk, the lame got up and walked. When Jesus went for a walk, the dead were raised. When Jesus went for a walk, deliverance transpired and demons came out. When Jesus went for walks, he went for a walk and found this woman that the people were about to stone. And he stops by and sits and starts drawing on the ground. And they're like, what is he drawing? He's writing everybody's sins in the ground. And then he says, anyone who doesn't have any sins here, you go ahead and throw the first stone. That's all I need is one sinless person to throw one stone at her and then everybody else join in. And one by one, everyone else walked away. All of the accusers walked away because Jesus walked in the room. Yeah. How many know that when Jesus walks into your vicinity, your, your accusers have to walk out of your vicinity? That's why there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, because all it is is a walk. He calls them while on a walk, but he calls them to join them for a walk. That's all he says is, come walk with me. When he says, come and follow me, what he means is, I'm walking. Come walk with me. Yeah. Just, just come, come walk with me. Where are we going? That's none of your business. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the great problem. Wow. The great problem is that we get too caught up in the destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. We think it's about a destination, and so many of us are praying, God, take me here. Lord, take me here. Lord, deal with this. And we're always praying into a destination. Wow. Lord, take me to the place where I no longer have this anger problem. Lord, take me to the place where I no longer have this whatever problem. Lord, take me to the place where I overcome this gossip. Lord, take me to the place where I'm no longer hurt by the words they say to me on, this job, on my job. Lord, take me to the place where I can, I can uh, love my wife better. Lord, take, we're always thinking of destination, destination, as if the Christian life is about God taking us from one destination to the other. And it's not. The walk is the point. He never told them once where they were going or when they were going to get there. Uh -huh. Jesus was like my daddy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because whenever we got in the car, I mean, my daddy could have picked us up after school and we had no idea where we were going. Yeah. He would drive right by the house. Daddy, where are we going? No answer. <laughs> Get on the freeway. Daddy, where are we going? No answer. That's none of your business. Daddy is driving. You're going wherever I take you. That's where you're going. Jesus never told the disciples, here's where we're going. Here's how long it's going to take us to get there. Why? Because the point was never the destination. The point was the walk. Transformation did not happen at the destination. Transformation happened during the walk. Come walk with me. That's all he said. Just come walk with me. It will all be well if you come walk with me. But this is the scariest part. Because the minute you say yes to the invitation of Jesus to join him for his walk, you've lost control of your life. I I remember hearing Chance the Rapper give this. He was being interviewed and he was talking about his uh, contact, his first contact with Kanye West. And he said he was so excited and him and Kanye were chopping it up. And in the middle of the conversation, Kanye said, come on, man, come on, let's go, let's go. And so he's thinking, where are we going? But Kanye gave him no information. And so they got in the car and they drove off and they pulled up out on a tarmac. And there was a jet there and the stairs. And Kanye goes, come on, let's go. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are we going? And Kanye goes, Italy. Right now. No preparation. And he realized, if I get on this plane, my whole life changes. All of my plans, <laughs> scrap them. Yeah. And he had to stop and count the cost and say, can I, can I make this decision right now? Yeah. I mean, do I have important stuff that this is going to disrupt? And that's how Jesus is. Wow. Wow. You see, it's like my wife, she likes to ask me, baby, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> and I res- I've resisted that historically for years. <laughs> I don't like her walks (laughs) because a lot of times she'll say, we're going to go for a walk. We're going to go for a three mile walk. And then we'll get out there and she goes, you know, I think I need to do six miles. (laughs) And then she'll go, and we need to stop at Marshall's. And I would give her bad attitudes, upset. I'm walking around Marshall's like, (sighs) 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 and I was talking to my mentor, Pastor Mike Perkinson, and I was telling him about this phenomenon. And he said, Benjamin, I thought you loved her. I thought you said you loved her. I was like, no, I do love her. He goes, she's asking you to be with her, and you're irritated by the invitation to be with her? I think you need to reconnect with your love for her. Because you remember when Jesus said, if someone asked you to walk one mile with them, walk two? And you know what was crazy was I was journaling about that that night after Pastor Mike told me that. And I was like repenting before the Lord for being so unloving towards my wife, not being willing to walk with her. You know what the Lord said to me? You treat me the same way. 
you're not willing to walk with me either. Because how many times have I said, Benjamin, let's go for this walk. The problem is when God invites you on a journey, he does not tell you how far he's taking you. He does not show you the destination. I've heard people talk about, and I think I've even talked about the Holy Spirit as GPS. He is not GPS. GPS shows you your destination and the route to get there. The Holy Spirit will not. The Holy Spirit can empower your decision and give you the faith to remain on the walk. But most of us, even if we do walk with Jesus, we get up and we start walking with him for about 20 minutes in the morning. We call that our devotion. And then if we take three steps with him and we realize this has taken me off course, we say, Lord, we'll pick this walk up tomorrow. Because he might take you to Marshall's. He might have you call somebody that you don't feel like talking to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see, some of us, we live in this protected state where we protect ourselves from God. We don't get too close to him because he might start asking for stuff that I don't want to give up. (laughs) He might start leading me places that I don't want to go. And we forget that Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit which means as many as are continually walking with Jesus by the power of the Spirit who walk with Jesus all day and all night and wake up in the morning and they're still walking with Him. These are the sons and daughters of God. You fool around and walk with Jesus, you might look look up and you're in Italy. That's what happened to us. We just heard Jesus say, go to Emeryville. So we just followed him to Emeryville. We looked up and we were in Indonesia. And then we looked up again and we were in Hong Kong. And then we looked up again and we were in Malaysia. And then we were in Singapore. And next we're in Mexico. And then we're in Japan. And then we're in Korea. What took us all over the world? And we look back and say, had we not been following Jesus, we never would have made our way to all of these places. Anthony just started following Jesus. Next thing you know, not only was he in Indonesia, next thing you know, he was married to an Indonesian. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, you begin to look back on your journey and say, why was I ever irritated? Because the places he's leading me to are so much better than any place that I could ever take myself. And I'm so worried he's going to disrupt some of my plans. But maybe my plans need some disrupting. All it is is a walk. I'll never forget, I was talking to one of my family members, and we were having lunch together, and he was telling me about his struggle with the Christian faith and his struggle to embrace the Christian faith. And he said to me with tears in his eyes, he says, Benjamin, I even got on my knees one night and I cried out to God. I said, Lord, if you're real, Jesus, if you're real, show me who you are. Reveal yourself to me. I repent of my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. Wash me. Save me. And with tears in his eyes, he said, and nothing happened. And I was so disturbed by that. I had no answer for him. I was so disturbed because Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, I will by no means cast him out. And the scripture says that if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
So how did he cry out to God, repent of his sin, receive Jesus, invite him into his heart and not get saved? I didn't get it. I went home and I started to cry out to the Lord. I said, God, you've got to give me some understanding here because yeah. he should be saved. And you know what the Lord said to me? I did save him. He just has to learn how to walk with me. Uh, amen. Yeah. He made the decision. All he has to do now is start the walk. You just got to keep coming back every day. It's not about saying a prayer and you're done with it. It's about coming back tomorrow and saying the prayer again. And it's not even about saying a prayer once a day. It's, we, we get so caught up in these, these spiritual Christian practices. I pray before my food three times a day, which is mostly meaningless because we're asking God to bless stuff that God would never be able to bless. Lord, bless it to my body. He's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> This will not be a blessing to your body. How about, Lord, protect me from death as I eat this poison? <laughs> right? I say my prayer before I go to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And that, that's the extent of my Christian life is these, these little periodic check-ins with God where I say these religious prayers. Say the Lord's Prayer every night. Our Father in heaven. And I just say these, and then I go to church and I do my religious thing. Yeah. And the, the, the totality of my walk with Jesus yeah. are this, just the, this disparate wow. collection of Christian activities. Wow. And that's not what it is. It's a walk with Jesus. It's also not... You know, on the other side of it, we, we tend to, you know, we know what you got to do is get on your knees and speak in tongues for a few hours. <laughs> Retie a few bow ties. Ask who stole a few Hondas. See if he's coming in a Honda. Pray for a condo or a casa. <laughs> and now you're really walking with Jesus. Sorry, that was insider language. It's not about praying in tongues all the time. It's not about quickening. <laughs> you're not more spiritual because you lift that one hand. And then you lift the other. Now you're really spiritual. And if you open them up, my God. Now you're filled with the spirit. How about a heart that's just open to Jesus all day? Like throughout the day, Lord Jesus, here I am. I present myself to you. I open my heart to you. Lord Jesus, conform me into your image. Transform me. Abide with me. Walk with me. How about taking time out of your day? How about in the midst of your day when you feel any irritation or frustration or anger or whatever it is you're feeling, you take a moment and you go into a private place and you take just five minutes to just talk to God about it. Say, Lord, I bring you this anxiety. I bring you this frustration. I bring you this. Lord Jesus, I don't know how to deal with this on my own. How about just opening up a journal in the morning and just start writing down stuff that you're thankful for. God, I thank you for this and I thank you for that and I thank you for this and I thank you for that. How about just opening up your Bible and finding one verse of scripture that you can stand on and meditate on throughout the day and just start meditating on that verse of scripture and you just meditate and all of a sudden you start to realize that that kind of, that kind of pursuit of a continual daily walk with Jesus is actually what the Bible is all about. That's what it's about. Psalm chapter 1, all the way back in Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. It's about walking. Here's how you walk. Here's how you don't walk. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. Instead, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates 
day and night. The walk of faith, the walk with God is meditating in his word day and night. It's just getting it and meditating. It sounds like this really ethereal, mystical thing where you're just, (laughs) that's not meditating. Just turn it. Just just remember it again and again and again. Remember it again and again and again. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. How about just start with that in the morning? Lord, I thank you that the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. And how about allowing that word to inform your prayers? Lord, Lord, today my path is not like the first gleam of dawn. There's darkness in my path, but God, would you conform my path? Would you transform my path? Would you overcome this darkness? Because I got some anger inside of me and some stuff and you know, otherwise you're just stuck, stuck to deal with that stuff yourself. Yeah. I hear Christians say it all the time. Oh, man, I got to deal with this anger. Oh, man, I got to deal with this bitterness. Oh, man, I got some unforgiveness and I need to forgive, but I don't know how to forgive. You can't by yourself. He knows you can't. He never expects you to. Even Jesus himself on the cross didn't try to forgive by his own power. Did he say, Father, I forgive them? No, he said, Father, please forgive them. You know what he was saying? I'm in such agony, I can't forgive them on my own. But, Father, I'm walking with you, and the power of forgiveness is in you, so I need you to forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. It was a walk. That's all it was. And all the way back to the beginning. You go back to Genesis. You know what God did with Adam and Eve? He just walked with them. He'd come down in the morning when that breeze was blowing in the cool of the day, and he would take them by the hands, and they'd go for a walk through the garden. Yeah, yeah. That's all it was, was a walk. And even after Adam and Eve sinned and were thrown out of the garden, you know how God began redemption with Abraham? Let's go for a walk. I'm going to take you out of the place where you grew up, take you out of your father's house, and I'm going to take you. You're just going to go for a walk to the place where I'm going to show you. Where is it, Lord? I need some GPS. Now you ain't getting no GPS. Faith is your GPS. You'll know when you get there. You just need to follow me. Let's go. And then in Genesis 13, when Abraham gets to the promised land, God comes to him in verse 17 and says, now arise and walk through the land. I want you to walk through the length and the breadth of it because I'm going to give you every place where the soles of your feet, every place that you see, I'm going to give it to you and to your children as an inheritance, but I need you to walk. I need you to walk it. That's all I need you to do is walk. Walk. Walk with God. And God wants to transform our mindset. He wants to transform our mindset from a mindset of Christian activities to a mindset of daily walk. From a mindset of weekly worship services. One of the great problems in the world today, in contemporary Christianity today, is that we define the Christian faith by a series of Christian activities in which the church is Christian on behalf of the people. What's it mean to be a Christian? I go to a Christian worship service. The church is Christian. The church worships on my behalf. Did you worship? No, the church worshiped, and I was there, so that must mean I worshiped too. How about your prayer life? Well, I went to the prayer meeting where the church prays on behalf of its individual believers. I mean, the church prayed, and I was there. And what happens when communism takes over, let's say, and the government shuts down all the churches? 90% of believers in America would stop walking with Jesus. Why? Because they were dependent upon a program of activities to substantiate their Christian faith instead of having a daily deep walk with Jesus. We used to sing this song when I was growing up, just a closer walk with thee. Grant it, Jesus, it's my plea. Daily walking close to thee, let it be. Dear Lord, let it be. Another song we used to sing is, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the joy we share as we tarry there. 
the Son of God transposes, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we journey there, none other has ever known. Walking with Jesus is the greatest privilege and the greatest joy of any human life. There is no joy and there is no privilege in this life that could ever compare with the joy and the privilege of walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. Talking with Jesus. Letting Jesus talk to you. Do you realize that he talks to every believer? It's just most believers walk so far behind him that we can't hear his voice. You start walking close with him. You make it, a, make it a point to walk with him. You spend more time walking with him during the day. All of a sudden, your ear starts opening up to his voice. Yeah. And you start hearing him yeah. in an ever-deepening way. Yeah. So today, I invite you to make a decision. Yeah. Whether you've made the decision or not, I'm asking you to make it again today. The decision is, I'm going to walk with Jesus And maybe you've never made that decision before. It's so simple. It's not a decision to fix everything in your life. It's a decision to invite Jesus. It's a decision to allow to respond to Jesus' invitation of you. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And he said, come follow me. Come walk with me. Come hang out with me. And here's what's crazy. He told them from this initial invitation, I'm going to make you all evangelists. Yeah. I mean, how many of y'all would have got saved? If you, you would have never received Christ if you were told, I'm going to make you a minister of the gospel. We're going to ordain you to the ministry right here the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time. And we're going to send you out to get other people. That sounds pretty overwhelming, right? They didn't even know what he meant. It, would, it doesn't matter what the profession. You could be a software engineer. Yeah. And Jesus would say, come follow me. Uh-huh. I'm going to teach you how to engineer people. <laughs> that don't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do, whatever your profession is, whatever walk of life you come from, Jesus is simply saying, I can use that. Yeah. Yeah. Right now you're doing it for your benefit. But I can, if you walk with me, I can turn that around yeah. and use it for the benefit of the kingdom of God yeah. and of the whole world. Yeah. And all you got to do is come follow me. It's not a curriculum. It's not take the following classes, you'd be cool. <laughs> it's not a curriculum. It's not a pedagogy. Jesus doesn't say, here's the interactive, you know, here's the, I, got, I, I set up the classes online so that you can interact with them. And, no, no, no. It's not, no tests. Jesus took 12 men who were probably in their late teens, just had them hang out with him for three years and go for walks. And then he ascended to the Father, and those 12 men turned the whole world upside down. We are here talking about Jesus today Mm -hmm. because of those 12 men. There's nothing so transformational, so empowering, it's just walking with Jesus. Yeah. He didn't wake him up at 5 a.m. for prayer. <laughs> he didn't sit him down and lecture. 
He just, just walk. And they got to walk with him and see the trail of healed and restored lives that he left in his wake everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, they saw lives being transformed, healed, set free. And you know what started to happen? All of a sudden, everywhere they went, they left a trail of transformed lives. Why? Because they were just walking, walking with Jesus. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have such a way of taking the deep truths of the faith and making them so utterly simple that even a child can understand it. And today, I pray that that simple invitation would resound within every heart and every soul. The invitation to walk with Jesus. And Lord, I pray that the first way that 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 cry would manifest in every heart so that each one of us would begin to cry out, Lord, teach me how to walk with you. Yeah. I don't even know how that looks. I don't even know how to evaluate that. But I keep finding myself at the end of every day saying, oh man, I haven't really had any time with Jesus. But Lord, I pray that you would just take us by the hand and make it Make it super simple. Come and follow me. Today you see brothers, you see sisters, you see women and men, and even boys and girls, not only here in Emeryville, but in San Francisco. In our online campus, there's people from all over the world, people on the other side of the country, in Washington, D.C., Your call is to each and every one of us. Your call is not confined to a physical space. Your invitation is to each and every one of us. Come and follow me. And in your own heart, if you're here today, maybe you never made the decision. Maybe you just need to make the decision for the first time. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to learn what that means. I'm going to discover what that means. And maybe you made that decision long ago and you've done your best to live it out, but you just need a renewed decision today. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to walk with him. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to learn what that means. Deepen it each and every day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower that decision. And I pray that that decision would be made in hearts right now. Some of you are worried in your heart right now because you know that the decision to follow Jesus is going to lead you out of certain things that you're into right now and you just don't know the way out. What I would say to you is, he'll lead you out. You don't have to know the way. You just have to know the one who knows the way. Mm. Just take his hand. He'll lead you out of it. He has ways of bringing things in your life to a close that are so profound He's got a wisdom that transcends your understanding. Don't be afraid. Just make the decision. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd settle in upon every heart, every soul, that you'd bring complete clarity and that you would take each and every one of us into a deeper place of fellowship, intimacy, and love with you as we journey with you. Precious Heavenly Father, we speak your blessing today over these, your sons and daughters. 
everyone under the sound of my voice, those in our online campus, those in our SF campus, and those here on our East Bay campus, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would cause these words to sink deep into our hearts and to bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and 100 fold. We give you the glory and all of the honor. In the name of your Son, Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Amen. Give God a shout of praise. God bless you.